Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. is a mess. Get your ass over here. It's just, it's sit right there. Welcome to Fly on the Wild and Podcast. This is the show where we talk about what we're reading, who we're parenting, and recording it all and for the world. who we're wor- fucking, sorry. And recording it mm-hmm. all for the world to see. And how we're listening to each other. Yeah, right. I'm your neighborhood friendly black girl, Amber. And I'm Ben. Hey, Ben. And, and, and he's interrupting Ben. It's fine. I'll go easy on you today because I'm, I'm again, I'm glad to have you back. The streets are glad to have you back as well. Um, I actually want to go ahead and give you a little. Can I can I give you a little bit of credit without you doing the most? OK, call me a card because I'm about to be run up on credit. This is like a credit card. It's not a good joke. We love when y'all write reviews about Fly on the Wildin' on Apple Podcasts. And here is a lovely review from J-O-D-I-E-G-M. Jody G-M? I don't know. It says, love Amber and Ben. Five stars. I started binge listening to the episodes and I'm ashamed it took me so long to listen because I follow y'all on IG, but I'm here now. I've been loving the imperfect parenting segment and listening to real couples figure out parenting together. The advice letters are terribly great. And I don't want to put too much dip on Ben's chip, but that man is very funny. I've enjoyed getting to hear more of Ben's personality. Put all the dip on me that you want. Amber is twitching over there. She doesn't like to hear other people praise. I'm you got kidding. you got some lipstick on your tooth. Oh, thank you, baby. Oh yeah, that's get, like get it right. That's that's see that's what I'm talking about. When I say have my back, that's what I mean. That's I got. Well, in this case, I got your teeth. How do mm. I look now? There's still some there. <laughs> okay, well why don't Dang. we talk? About it? Wow. <laughs> You're watching this on YouTube. That is gross. It and now, ooh. I feel like it's not there anymore. Mm, okay. Okay. All right, you're good. You're can good. we? Can we at least? I need a tattoo of like a lip print because I do that so much. Okay. Am I good? Good. Oh, killer smile. Woo. Mm, Doctor Wap, best orthodontist in Athens, Georgia. If he's still alive, I'll go check that out. Anyway, Ben. The people think you're funny too. Yep. Of course I think you're funny. Thank I wouldn't you. have married anybody who doesn't do great banter. But how does it feel to have it right here writing? I, I like to have external affirmations. Keeps me motivated to keep going. It's so funny because life. whenever I give you compliments, you don't take them. You'll be like, here you go, being sarcastic. I'm like, no, that was really funny. Uh, yeah. Well, compliments, they're just different coming from someone who knows you. Because it's like, it's sort of your job to compliment me. No, it's not. It most certainly is not. I feel as like, like as my partner in life, as my no. wife, as my submissive wife. We'll we'll we'll, get, we'll, to that we'll later. get there. We ain't there yet. We'll get there. Okay, but Ben, I mean, you do. You know, a lot of people do podcasts or YouTubing and things like that with their partner, and I definitely think like you know that what you add to. The, the Burr I Am, the Amber Wallen universe is like very valuable. I do, uh, yes. And I you're agree. very funny. I know, yeah. I'm working on it every day. 
trying to be funnier every day, catching up with you. You're uh, unhinged. Didn't you just get invited again to do uh, some hosting? You're going to do like a double header hosting? Oh, yes. I'm trying to decide if I want to do it. You absolutely should do it. Um, There's well, no deciding. There's do or not do, and you're doing it. Okay, so you, are you going to come with me? This, I would so like to come with you. Before before we um, hopped on the pod today, I got an email asking me about hosting another one of those like storytelling events um, in another state. And I just, I've never been to that state before, which I'm totally down to go. It's in like Ohio, yeah. um, Cincinnati. I don't know why I'm being coy about it. But I, I, it's hard for me to be away from the family. That's the only thing about yeah, it. Yeah, so I, I will just, go 100%. That'd be dope. You want to go to Cincinnati? Let's do it. Let's spend okay. a couple days in Cincinnati. I'll put a pin in that. But yeah, I, I love to host, but I... I don't know. I just really am glad that I'm married to somebody with some, yeah. some personality and who yeah. wants to show up in that way. Um, speaking didn't of, you say that you dated people that didn't have personality and you would bring them to places and they were just furniture? Well, you know, before I dated you, hold on, let me actually put a pin in that. I'm going to okay. run this back real quick. Speaking of being great in person and hosting on stage, I want to oh, yeah. remind y'all that we are coming to City Winery on December 20th. It's going to be an ATL Ben, you're not going to say here? Oh, battle in the addle. Amber and I are going to battle. Yes. We're going to we're, we're gonna be roasting each other on stage and having fun. Mel Mitchell is going to be opening the show. Fanita is going to be there doing some fun character work. So I'm just super excited to see y'all in ATL doing some singing at the end. My music teacher is coming all the way to Atlanta yeah, to sing with me also. So you don't want to miss this show. It's going to be really fun. Wild Lynn's going to be there. My folks are going to be there. So buy your tickets using the link in the episode notes. Now, let's get back to what you just said. Yeah, I just... I remember you preferring people that were quiet at one point. Okay, so here's what it was. Before I was with you, I dated people on their aesthetics. Mm. And I'm not trying to say you're not attractive. Let me let me walk you through the whole picture. I liked a smoldering like silent mysterious type of guy mm-hmm. and because they typically would light up around me when we're one-on-one, but when we go to parties and stuff, they don't really talk to nobody. And I thought that that was what I wanted. I thought that was what I wanted because I'm like, oh, he's like my little secret or whatever. And so I would I would date like a guy Boring. like, I would date a guy like covered in tattoos. Like it would almost be like a guy that's like, this is a horrible example, obviously, but like a, like a Johnny Depp, like smoldering kind of, Lenny Kravitz, that's a good example. Like kind of like a, you don't know what he's thinking. He's edgy. He's got tats. He, he's got some locks. He's a little, he's leathered. Um, but then when he gets around people, he's just like a, a fucking dud. Like he's like a stoner. He's like edgy and cool. And then you won't shut, you're you yapping, yapping, yapping like a rat, but you're entertaining to other people to bring around. So then it's like, I... You know, I hope I don't yap. I like to listen too. We're trying to Sometimes. work on our listening. We're actually going to talk about that at the end of the show when yes. we get into our shelfie segment. But yeah, I obviously am very grateful that I married somebody like with a brain who can talk in front of like many different crowds of people. Like people are literally drawn to you. Like I'm off to a flame when we go to parties and things like that. So I remember one time. Oh, I I don't know if I told you this, but we were in Jamaica at one point. I hadn't seen you in the party space for like an hour or so. And I was so jealous because I looked over and you were talking to somebody and I don't even know who you're talking to a girl or a woman. I was so fucking high, but um, I mean a woman or a man or whoever, but you were just like, regaling them in some tale of something like you were just like so animated telling this story and I looked over and I was like I wish I knew what story he was telling I remember thinking that Mm, yeah I have that sense of aura about me yeah it's it's hard to 
it's hard dating someone or being with someone who has a flame just as bright as yours because then you're sort of constantly like, yeah. which one is warmer, you know? Yes, I I don't have that problem, but yeah, I'm sure some people do date people that you like, have lights. You for sure have that problem. I, my flame, Brian, flames just as flamier as you. I think that's how they say it. No, but that's cute that you think that. That's real cute. I got as much personality as you. You have a great personality. Does your star shine as bright as mine? I don't. That's I don't. Debatable. I don't get lipstick on my teeth like but you. But even that, I can make into a big. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Even that. You do. You do look hot. Like hot. You have like hot girl. Oh, I'm, I'm entering my hot girl era? Yeah, you have like hot I've, girl. I've always been in my funny girl era. No, no, you're like hot right now with that all wintry vibe. Like actually sweaty. Yeah, you're like sweating. It's so funny. Uh, we don't sleigh ride here in California. In the the grand state of L.A. Uh, I guess California you can sleigh ride, but in L.A. So today I took wild sleigh riding, which was basically her on a sled being pulled around on a jump rope on carpet. Mm-hmm. And that was the extent of her wintry wonderland. But yeah, uh, we're both wintry wonderlands. We both have a lot of flame. I guess Amber's yes. flame is a little bit bigger than me. Just a little me. bit brighter, yeah. Ben. Now, for sure. I, uh, yeah. That doesn't sure. mean you're, a, you know, a, a dud. Yeah. What's I don't even know this term dud. I always think of milk duds, which are delicious. What's wrong with a dud? It's like a, it's a dud. It, it, dud it, it doesn't, it didn't work. Right. It didn't, it didn't. I was thinking duds are like a gun that didn't go off or right, something. Right. It's like the yeah. thing in the package that like, like it. it was supposed it was supposed to explode like a bomb and it didn't. Ooh. But no, baby, you're hilarious. Um, you want to get into our first segment of the show? Yeah. What is it? The first segment of our show is called hashtag influence. It's time for the hashtag. Hashtag influence. We should put these out. Oh yeah, hashtag a. This is the segment where we talk about creating online, being content creators, being influencers, and just having to do stuff all the time on the internet. Um, a great thing about the latter part of the year, I would say November, December, things of that nature, is that brands are typically having to spend the rest of their budgets. So this has been my experience. So what does that mean? That means influencers, I know as an influencer that at the end of the year, I'm going to be booking a lot of brand deals. Lots of brand because deals. It's, it's holiday. It's Thanksgiving. It's, you know, thing after thing after thing, which it's is great for wintry the Wintery wonderland. Great for the pockets. Um, but I recently had someone comment on a post of mine and she writes, all the ads are too much. Yeah. So what so what what how do we feel about being in this space where like of course you don't want your whole content page to become a page worth of ads. But also I'm sorry I'm That's trying how to you like, get paid. I'm sorry I'm trying to like get a bonus like like that was that's literally like somebody walking on your job and being like, "Oh, this person's getting bonuses?" Like absolutely do you, not. Do you feel that you're getting too many ads? Me? Yeah. Um no, I, I definitely can understand. So I'm somebody, for context, if you ever want to be a creator, this is the consistency that I currently have. Um, but I post two reels or two TikToks per day. I try to post two pieces of video content living on my page per day. So this is about 10 videos a week. So typically we would like... I'm going to say we because Ben does help me with all these things. He's a part of the business as well. But we typically book about two to three brand deals a month 
And I would say during the like busy Christmas holiday season, it's been around that six or seven yeah, a month maybe energy, five. maybe maybe yeah. five to seven. Or or you'll book one brand and they want four videos, yeah. so it feels like so it's a, a lot. lot of it's so a I lot definitely of had a, a week like last week. I, I'm I think about like three or four ads went up on my page, and then this week, you know what you have to do is you two. have to like post like four or five videos a day, so it looks like the ads are way more spaced right. out. Right. I mean, I and the thing about it is like I I also consider myself a comedic writer. We love being writers, so sometimes yeah. we try to look at brand deals. It's like oh, this is a, a writing prompt. This is the challenge to to sell a product. To sell and a also product, make it funny. But with our POV, of course, sometimes a brand's like, please cut all these jokes, da 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 But like, sell a product <laughs> in the way that you want. Please cut your creativity and just get to the, the point. Yeah, just get to the point. Sell our fucking sunscreen, whore. So, and that's fine. But that's what they want sometimes. But I think people don't understand like how much work goes into brand deals. Like you will reshoot and reshoot and re-edit and recaption and they don't like the subtitles here and they want hashtag ad to be in the top left corner, not the top right corner. And they wanted you to do edit with you on the left instead of you on the right. And there's a lot of mechanics that go into it. And so, I mean, obviously this is just one person's opinion, but like, well, Instagram and TikTok and all these things used to just be creativity That's fair. and fun and having a good time. And actually you went to these places. So you, didn't have to watch ads like traditional media. Traditional media would be like TV, radio, etc. And you could just be on your phone and like enjoy someone's life or see someone try something new for the first time. And you weren't being sold an idea or mm-hmm. sold a product. But, you know, brands are getting privy to the fact or since, you know, I guess the past couple of years now. So people spend a lot of time on your phones. And if you want your creators to continue being funny and making things accessible and free on your phone besides just having a subscription to, you know, AT&T or Verizon or whatever. Not, we're not sponsored by any of those brands, by the way. But um, this is sort of the price you have to watch ads, which is stupid. I don't think it's that stupid though, because it's like the price, if, like you said, like if you want something to be ad free, you 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 have to pay for it to be ad free. Like, is that fucked up? Sure, but that's kind of like the lay of the land right now. Like, if you get on Twitter, you're gonna see ads in between people's things. If you yeah. get on, like, and so I I like the system where instead of paying the app, instead of paying to use TikTok or instead of paying to use YouTube, creators are paid by brands that have the budgets so that you can watch it for free. So yeah, maybe something to add, but you just like. The, the price you pay when something is free is your attention. That's the mm. price. Yeah. So it's like, would you rather pay a little bit of attention or would you rather pay to use TikTok? Because like, I, I personally don't want it to be one day where TikTok and Instagram and these kind of apps cost money. Yeah. Like, do you think that's where we're potentially going if people want to be ad free? I, I don't, maybe. I don't know. Well, well, it depends. The way that ads work is that there are ads that live on your page and just jump on your algorithm and there are right. ads specifically made that are put through like through to Instagram. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't really care. I think it's just funny when someone's like, you have too many ads. You're like, yeah, well, this is how creators make money. So Yeah, like you haven't paid like you you can mm. support a creator for years and not pay them a single dime. Mm-hmm. Besides so, so your like, attention. So how do you think they're getting paid? I yes. Well they're not being paid, they're working another job. For the most part, a lot of creators, most creators work other jobs. I'm talking about full-time creators. Yeah. I'm, I'm specifically talking about full-time creators. Yeah. Full-time creators, If and again, if you're 
one day aspiring to be a full-time creator. When you're a full-time creator, the majority of the way that you make your money is like brand deals and or if you have Those, other things like Patreon, yeah. if you get AdSense on YouTube, um, Facebook Reels pays really well. YouTube like AdSense that. pays pretty decently. All right, for yeah, us, but it's inconsistent. That's the thing. Yeah, but if you're getting like a hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, oh yeah, no, it's video, through the roof. Like, but like, that's not the vast majority of people. So I don't want to tell yeah, people that. Yeah, that's not. Like, it, I could not pay our mortgage or or our rent yeah. here in LA based off of YouTube AdSense. Absolutely not. No, but if you're getting YouTube, if you had like one point five million subscribers on YouTube, right, right, you could actually just do YouTube ads and be paid. Well for sure, for but I would still have to do ads. Lives. Like that's kind of just yeah. how it. And well, but with YouTube, you get to pay. We we have to pay through. We pay, actually Amber has a subscription through YouTube, right? I think uh, a YouTube premium. Yeah, premium, because yes. Wild as soon as like Miss Rachel gets turned off through like an <laughs> ad for Pampers, Wild goes nuts. She's like running around. She's like grabbing the controller. She's like, like trying to like. She's like, why is this not happening? So we had like, to. Why is this stopping Amber's like, we have show. to get premium now. So yeah. I don't know. We're we're so spoiled these days because like TV used to just always have ads. Like yeah. radio has ads. Like everything ha- if you're consuming a medium, it has always had ads. Yeah, so, I think it's like, this idea of like a very personal person now trying to sell you something. It's like now you're part of the big man. And I thought like, you were just what? a cute, funny couple. And now you're yeah. selling us fucking suntan lotion. Exactly. But it, it it's so it's really shitty because I've been seeing a lot of commentary, of course, of like people being like, what, what, what purpose do influencers serve? Like they're, they're just like, they're stupid. They hang out at the pool all day. They're whatever, which some are, but there are social justice, social, social activist influencers. There's all kinds of like lifestyle influencers. I've seen like influencers that just create content on like domestic violence survivors. Like there's so many avenues of influencer, like influencers and so to, they're entertainers. I don't know they're, why they're Wait, entertainers. People are, they're pe- there's like a thing where influencers are not real entertainers yeah, I saw or something. This like, uh, I saw this uh, like a, this comment section because they were like making fun of this girl who was like, you know, at the aquarium just looking all around and then so then they popped into the video, made a video like mocking her, and obviously that went viral. That's hilarious. And it's hilarious, but all of the comments were just wailing on like like influencers are so out of touch with reality. They're Those so people stupid. just want to be influencers. Maybe, those but comment, it's like those comments just tell me it's like okay, you're you're just jealous. Or jealous. I just want us to one day get to the point where the influencer is not like the bottom rung like person that we look at. I want it to be like that's why I like the term content creator too because it's like essentially you want your job to be respectable. You want to be respected. I, I know, but essentially you work hard. You're just being a jerk, right? No, now. you do. You're being facetious when you. No, know I'm he- serious. I'm serious. You work hard, so okay. you're like, I want to be respected. I just, I just hate when people are asking me to do things that I'm like, am I asking you to quit your job? Like, that's what you're asking me to do mm. when you're like, oh, I just saw too many ads from you this week. I'm like, and you picked up an extra shift during Thanksgiving too, girl. Like, we, we all out here trying to feed our kids. Are we not? We're trying to make Black Friday special. <laughs> like... How how is that any different from you picking up overtime? Like yeah. like that that's what it it's like. So when people like are firing away at like influencers are so stupid, like why would this person take this trip or why would this person do this thing? Obviously you should have some level of discernment when you do certain things. Of course, I've definitely turned a brand deal or two down where I'm like, this actually makes no fucking sense. Like I'm not doing this. I would look stupid doing it. Like obviously don't completely sell your soul to the devil. But when 
when people that don't create content are mad that you're getting paid to continue supporting the thing that you love doing, it's like well, mind blowing. They're not mad that they're not thinking of you as getting paid. They're thinking of like this person's trying to sell me something. Right. We're trying to sell you something because we're getting paid to do it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's the person that like goes door to door selling you some knives. Whereas I can kind of be like, I'm not buying your knives, but I respect the hustle. Like hit that mm, next house. Yeah. You shine King. Whereas these people are like, how the fuck are these people going to be knocking on my door selling me knives? It's like, he's fucking trying to feed his family. Like why? Obviously influencing, you know, budgets and rates are not the same as like the, the Cutco knife guy. But like, are, aren't we all just a squirrel trying to get a nut out here? That's like, true. I don't understand. You all right, by the way? You're sweating. Yeah, I'm sweating. I, I'm sweating. <laughs> are you yeah, depressed? I'm, Is it too hot in here? Yeah, it's a little hot, but I'm all right. I'm good. <laughs> Fucking LA. Okay. All right. Um, real quick, another thing on the internet do you want to talk about? Uh, okay, something about the Mennonites video. Oh. Explain this. Oh. Man, I actually fuck with Mennonites. Actually, I think they're fucking dope. No, and that's not what I mean. <laughs> no. All right. So there's this video we'll be quick. We'll where be quick. this black woman is dating this white man and she's dressed in like traditional Mennonite garb. There are also like more um, liberal Mennonites who wear, who dress like, you know, normies. Describe Mennonite garb. It's like, it's like, uh, uh, it looks Amish. like Amish. Yeah. It's Amish light. Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. Laura yeah. Ingalls Wilder energy. Yeah. So Westerns. very conservative. And they were singing this beautiful song. And I watched it and I was watching her videos. Yeah. We'll tag it here. And I actually, Mennonites are dope as shit. They're traditionally one of the peace churches. So they have always been anti war. Uh, and so they have been anti-war, World War One, World War Two, which was very out of the norm, out of the ordinary. Okay. Um, and so they're amazing. The Mennonite, um, they have a missions organization that is for missionaries, at least Christian missionaries, is more focused on like providing care and education, not necessarily conversion. Ah. Okay. Which is. I'm oh, sorry. You killing me with I'm, this motherfucking throat line. I know, I know. I just this cough has not ended. So I fuck with Mennonites. I actually worked at a Mennonite camp. And what? Are we just gonna get a resident a resume about you I, and I your relationship them. with Mennonites? Or are you I actually explain them. what the goddamn oh, video is about? Uh, what else is super oh, they were also traditionally um intensely anti um slave slavery. Okay. And they were um, definitely, they were stops during the Underground Railroad. Anyway, Mennonites you grounded us in the the Mennonite, the, so, the Mennonite cinema. So I universe. was watching this woman's content. And people were like making fun of her because she's a black woman dating this like white man wearing like Little House on the Prairie type. So of obviously, stuff. all the comments are like, "Harriet, you it, left one it, behind." Yeah, Harriet, you left one behind. We I was free like, now, sis. Y'all are like so ignorant because Mennonites are dope. But then I kept scrolling and then this woman does this whole video about submission and how like to be truly happy as a woman, you need to like submit to a man. And that's when I was like, oh, I, you know, girl, go to hell. <laughs> I just, I just, it's, it's so funny that for me, I can see people was being very valuable. They're, they hold different opinions, and I think Mennonites are really dope in some sense, but traditionally, they also subscribe to, like, egalitarian, not the egalitarian understanding of the Bible, but the complementarian understanding of the Bible. Mm -hmm. 
Have you were, have you been taught this theology? Ooh, theology lesson with Ben. All right, for new, those new Bible learners out there, uh, there are two big beliefs in like the conservative Christian realm, evangelicalism. Uh, Mennonites fall into this, you know, understanding as well. Where egalitarian is this understanding that any person, regardless of gender, can be a leader in the church. Okay. Think of e- egalitarian equal. Got it. And then there's complementarian where Jesus Christ, God sees man and woman equal, but they are provided different roles that complement each other. So women's roles are supposed to like serve in the household and mm-hmm. like and and where men are supposed to be leaders. And those Dumb. are both those are both, you know, challenging their own respects. So that's the cop but they complement each other. And that's yeah, how they just God designed it in a, a bow. And such yeah. such bullshit. Um <laughs> But I, I remember uh, learning about that and that being su- such a serious contention when I was going to Bible school. Like we would have mm-hmm. these really long conversations late into the night. And now I don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah. You know what's so amazing about that stuff? So I, I made a really funny video because I think this woman implies essentially that to be a true woman, you need to be subservient to a man through her video. Well, I'll take I'll take false woman for five hundred at least. Yeah, you are you are the Be, falsest of the false. Here, here's the thing about it. I just don't like the absolute notion of that. If there you wanna, are days yeah. where I want to like submit to you and be like <laughs> su- a support to you. They don't come often, but there are days, and there are days that you want to submit to me, and then to your leadership. To my leadership, you. yeah. There are days where Ben is the leader of the household. I don't even want to lead; I just want to follow. And then there are days where I lead and you follow. So I just this hate this woman, notion of like, well, you have a penis, so you have to lead all the time. I don't right. like that. This woman, she submit. It sounds like she submits to this man all the time. All the time, correct. And she's very happy doing this. Correct, which is fine. All right. And it's sort of like in The Handmaid's Tale, where there are people, certain handmaids, who are like totally fine in their role. But actually, they were still within that restrictive freedom. You know what I mean? So, like, I I even think, like, people think, like, we say it's fine. Oh, that's how she wants to live her life. But I actually think that she's still living in a form of bondage. I think we think. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, it's happy there. Like, what? who, Who am I? Do you th- do you, do you think then it's just doing harm for her to like share that narrative? Yeah, because I I think she could be more happy or have more freedom if she didn't feel that restriction. You know what I mean? It's sort of right. like I, I always compare it to um, some people like being in captivity. I don't. Yeah, I I always think of I'm like Samuel girl. L. Jackson yeah. from Django Unchained, right? His character, yes. where he was just like, like oh yeah, 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 I enjoy doing. Well, see, Uncle Tom wasn't like. People who say Uncle Tom haven't actually read Uncle Tom because in you Uncle know what I mean, like the Stockholm yeah, syndrome. Yeah, I know the Stockholm. You, you know, for the sake yeah. of the argument, yeah. Let's go uh, anyway, with the like connotation. I, I get, I get the Uncle Tom. It always makes me mad because I was like, I don't Uncle Tom wasn't true. If you read the text, like wasn't really happy being in his situation. Like he just no, oh, but that it. was the interpretation. Yeah, like, read like the white gaze. Yeah, but like no, no. It, I mean. That book shows slavery. It's awful. The whole experience is terrible. Yeah. And so... And anyway. if, I, if I'm being honest, I have not read Uncle, Uncle Tom's yeah. by Harry um, H. Snow, but I will. It's yeah, I mean, there's definitely like public, racist I will, I, <laughs> ideas in there. Anyway, uh, my point being is that I think that when we... Th- <laughs> 
this whole idea, like let yourself live and choose however way you want to live, you know, even if it like, I, I think maybe how do you break people out of that? Like, how do you force them out of to freedom? You know, for me, that yeah. feels like a form of bondage. For sure. And so when people were making fun of her about the whole submission thing, I'm like, yeah, maybe you should get made fun of and be like, oh, <laughs> live your life. And like, as long as you're happy, I'm like, yeah, that's almost telling for me to a further extent. It's like, oh, but these slaves were so happy with their white masters. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, maybe she just doesn't also want to do I I, I totally understand and I'm listening to you but like some people don't want to do it's scarier to make decisions for yourself it's scarier to uh, break you know cyclical behaviors yeah. and generational curses like it's scary to do that it's it's easier to do the status quo because if you were to go against that you would have to question everything around you and who you are and, yeah. they, and they'd rather be in bondage than then confront who they could potentially be. So my question is, as a society, what is our responsibility? So I think as teachers, we have to socialize kids in recognizing an egalitarian framework where mm-hmm. like people are equal regardless of gender. Right. Not one person's a leader or another. The only problem in the United States is that these kinds of extremist, complementarian, conservative people, they're able to remove their kids from the classroom. Some yeah, of these states... Man, there's like no oversight in homeschooling. And a lot of the... Yeah, New New York had some oversights where I grew up. Exhibit A, baby. Exhibit A. And I'm like, so we as a society, we have to prevent kids from being like brain... Well, not... Or being conditioned to think that this is okay. Yeah. So I'm always like, man, how do you break this cycle? It's like, oh, you don't break the cycle unless you have government step in. And have in and have insight I mean, in the raising of your kids. You can't in America, like, because you don't want your kid to go to school in America. They don't. They literally don't have to go. Like, that's that's nuts to me. To think that that like you, you can homeschool. You don't want to homeschool. Wow. Yeah, but I'm different. The next segment of our show is called Imperfect Parent. Um, so we're going to talk about something very quickly because we uh, spent some time talking about that. So Ben is, we, we recently had a video go viral of uh, we were letting Wild watch Frozen for the first time. And I really, truly forgot the opening montage that showed the parents dying. And of course, Wild is watching, you know, she's, she's only 19 months. So, but she's, 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 she, she takes context clues really well. She does. And, and the music and what's happening. So she's piecing together like, oh, these parents are, are di- dead. And if she wasn't piecing it together, she did when Ben said, they died wild. The they parents died. died wild. Okay. Pe- and then Wild literally started like audibly gasping for air. <gasps> yes. And so obviously the internet is, you know, not flaming you, but they're kind of like, Jesus, Ben. Well, yeah. Why would you introduce, why would you say that? Like kids are not ready. Here's my thing. We as an American society, this is a problem. We are a death-denying society. We are a grief-illiterate motherfucking society. We do not want to talk about death. We take our old folk and we put them in homes. I want old folk to start dying in the homes next to their grandchildren, okay? People need to be dying in more public places. Like, we should not be putting them away, hiding them. We need to be more familiar with death. Kids, it's totally appropriate for kids <laughs> at a very young age to understand that death is a form of separation. So you just want granny rotting in the middle of the living room in front of Absolutely. everybody. Absolutely. We need to be comfortable That's with traumatic, death. Man. No, who cares? 
You know what's more traumatic? A surprise death. Get familiar with I, death I, at a young age. I can. I think we can teach our children about death without, like, watching but we someone don't. bleed out on the goddamn kitchen floor. Listen, we can do that. I think a little bleeding out, just a little bit, is okay. You have the weakest stomach ever been. I. That's okay. You can barely change a poop diaper. Don't let it be a blueberry poop. So you yeah, could not deal with. See, I feel like we watched somebody get shot and killed in Chicago one time, and we were both just like shook on the on the car ride home. Do you remember that it was a long time ago? We might have been in our first year of dating. Uh huh. We were like downtown and out, and we saw somebody like get shot and killed like outside of this restaurant that we were all eating at, and we like sat silently in the car like the entire ride home. Like yeah. So so no, the baby the the itty bitty ain't got to see all that right now. I don't want someone like that's traumatic, but I'm talking about like peaceful deaths, like traumatic okay. sudden deaths are are awful, but like peaceful deaths are part of life, right? I want to go back to this notion that you said we're uh, grief illiterate. Mm-hmm. What are the implications of that? The implications of that is that we don't understand how to grieve, right? We I would we agree understand with you. the cooler Ross like you know stages of uh, grief, you know denial, anger. Um, uh, I think it's like bargaining, acceptance. Um, I think depre- depression. So one of them shows up in there, and actually, now we understand de- uh, those kinds of um, those stages are actually cycles, and we can cycle through them. But a lot of people don't talk about this. We're not so so open about um, grief in the same way. We don't talk. We don't normalize grief. We sort of protect kids from it. Mm-hmm. At a very young age, we don't talk about it. I think the big part, nursing homes, for example, we like we put old folks in nursing homes to die I mean, instead of. Sometimes people do need specialized care. Like how I, do you, how how do people get specialized care, but also still feel integrated into the family? Like, well, there's like specialized if a, if a care. Relative has like dialysis or something. Like, well, you you live at home. You have the the family take care of them. I mean, not every we don't. Our right. society can't afford that. I mean, I think we right. can if we allow that to happen. And and it's also just like the way that we live sometimes is not suitable for that. Like if you live in a, in a tall apartment building, like it might not be suitable. Like this means you know your your potential like wheelchair bound relative can yeah. never leave the home. Like. Because the elevator is broken in the building or whatever it is. So sometimes I, nursing I get, homes just make sense, like from a, a landscape and architectural standpoint. Like, it, and it is sad. Now, some people just go to homes because families hide them and throw them away or whatever. But sometimes it's just like, I like I can't be home to give this person their like daily prescription. So, so, so what, what, my, happens? my experience. So I was in um, Palestine uh, and mm-hmm. I was in the West Bank. And all there were centers where um, the elderly could go to Mm -hmm. and they would hang out. But they always came back to their their homes to live with their families. And culturally, that was just part of that. We just we just the society was like, we're just we this is how we live. This is how we as Palestinians live. So when the they went to those centers, what what resources were available at those centers? They would play like card games, and yeah. it was it felt like a nursing, so it was like home. nursing home, nursing home, like daycare, daycare, basically. and families still like drop them off. Yeah, them off. Like, oh. but then they would come and live with the families at the end. So I'm saying there's ways we could go about doing this. I remember uh, I read a book. I love that. Um, called "Smoke Gets in Your Eyes" and other lessons 
um, about this woman who works in a funeral home. She makes this point is that when people die, we spend all this money trying to make them look alive with makeup. We like pump them with this liquid to like, you know, bloat them up. And we create this falseness of like making them look more alive. Like, no, this person's dead. They should be looked as being dead. Like this is a sure thing that's going to happen to all of us. And we need to be more honest with ourselves as a society. Smoke Gets in Your Eyes is a great book. Change everything I thought about death and how I talk about death and how I'm going to talk with Wilde about death. I'm not going to you know, protect her from it. And all the uh, research I was reading, because after you know, I was getting these comments about, oh, Jesus, Ben, like people are so shocked that I would, I would say this to my kid. Mm-hmm. And that for me tells us, Oh, if that if you think that's shocking, I think we are a grief illiterate or we are a death denying culture. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they went away. No, that's a lie. No, Elsa and Anna's parents, they fucking died. They drowned. The water filled their lungs and and they could no longer have oxygen come to their brain. They drowned. They died in a really horrific manner. And we don't talk about that. <sighs> Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I want to... You you think it's important that WoW needs to know that the water flooded their lungs and they were and they, suffocated. Yeah. And drowned. That's what drowning is. She needs is. to know what that is at 19 months old. It's a little extreme, but I think I'm being extreme because our society is so death denying. I think we should move on. <laughs> So you're you're overcompensating for society. I am. I, I, want, I recognize that. I just think you can come on a little strong. We can get there. I don't think we should lie if a family member passes. Yeah. But there's a way to not instill so much fear in a child because you never know what could come up for like a like. Not just like fear, a fear of, of but just recognition. recognition. I I don't want right. her to be fearful. I get that. But I think people are so fearful of death because we don't talk about it and normalize it. I enough. would 1000% agree with you there. Um, let's let's liven, let's liven things up a bit. <laughs> but God, I'm damn. doomed. Right. Uh, the next segment of our show is called The I Do's and Don'ts of Relationships. I do, I do. I do, I do. I do, I do. I do, I do. Uh... I want to remind y'all that we now have a hotline that you can call with all of your inquiries. If you need help with, you know, family advice, relationship advice, like romantic relationship advice, familiar relationship, work relationship, any sort of relation you want to ship, please call 1-833-FOTW-311. We can put it right here somewhere. Thank you. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel, in the booth. Um. Anyway, here's our first letter. Dear Fly on the Wallen, my boyfriend and I have been together for six years. A couple of months ago, he wanted to break up. He felt he had lost himself and that I had changed as a person. We started dating when I was 24 and he was 50. I'm now 30. We do have a big age gap. But surprisingly, that hasn't been as much of an obstacle for us as many thought it would be. When we started dating, I wasn't looking for a relationship and neither was he. He told me that he doesn't really do relationships. He's never been married and only had two two two-year relationships. Is that a red flag at 50? 
And I was fine with that at the time, but I figured I would just have fun, ride it out until he was over me or I met someone. Six months later, we're still seeing each other and I developed feelings. So I told him thinking for sure that he would end it, but he didn't. And he started letting me spend time with his daughter. We did a couple of things. So I figured he had feelings too. Uh, So I guess this person is asking, you know, should they proceed with the breakup or because because he wants to break up. So they've been together all together now for six years. Mm -hmm. And 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 a couple months ago, he wanted to break up. So. I mean, if someone wants to break up with me, I break up with them. Do it before shoot before you get shot. Especially if someone threatens the gun, shoot them before, you know, it's like, ah. yeah, um, I know that's a terrible analogy. It's sickening. Uh, I should not make analogies with shooting. Think of like other analogies. While Ben thinks about that. Okay. So here's the thing. I apologize for my reaction at the fact that he was 50. That, that did take me for a loop. But, um, I, I think this. This dude, so I'm guessing now, y'all been together for six years, so he's 56 now. This man does not want to be in a long-term relationship. Like, he's Mm -hmm. 56, he wants to play the field, and even though y'all have been together for some years, like, he clearly is not interested in being in long-term relationships. Um, I don't think that's a red flag. I think he's just being honest with you about, like, he doesn't want to commit. He wants to be a bachelor for life. And I just really think, like, anytime somebody doesn't want to be with you, regardless of their age or whatever, like, you shouldn't stay in a relationship that somebody doesn't want to stay in like and and i think you know what we as a society can be really ageist you know and i it 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 is okay if you are aging and you don't want to spend your life with somebody i think we uh we turn our noses up at stuff like that we're like we're you're 56 you need to be settling down but he doesn't want to settle down he wants to live a solo life and i don't maybe they say no man is an island. He, he might just be an island when it comes to romantic relationships. So I think he enjoys that freedom. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I think you should just take the take the hint he's giving and unfortunately like break up. Yeah, that's hard, though, when someone's like, I don't do long term relationships six years later. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, you're with this person for six years. That's a long term relationship. Yeah, right. That's it's hard. But I mean, I'm I'm. I don't want to I don't want to blame the the writer of this letter, but I'm sure I'm certain there have been signs of noncommittal behaviors Mm -hmm. and energy that this man has probably been giving out. Like maybe you don't hear from him for a couple of days and then he pops back up and tell you tells you he likes you. Do they not live together? I feel like if they did live together, that the the person who wrote in would have been like, but we've moved in together. We've done so many things together. And that information is not here. Um, I think, you know, he's 56. He's not changing his mind about. Like, That's surprising to be with someone for six years and not move in, cohabitate, cohabitat with them, <laughs> especially in this economy. Right. Mm-hmm. Amber talks about this all the time. In this, econ- in this economy, like you, you meet someone after four months, six months, you really hit off. Like you better, you better shack up. You better start saving that rent. Right. That's right. Um, I definitely, I just, we, we really, you know. I know we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the You're Not Listening book, but I think, like we were saying last week, we have to pay attention to those signs. Like, all of that is a culmination of listening, right? Mm. Somebody saying they want to break up, somebody moving like they live solo and they can, that their life exists without you. And and I get it. Like, you know, you probably get along with his daughter because, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
So y- y'all can still be friends. And you mm-hmm. can, I, I just, I hate, hate, hate when we get in relationships with people and we think we can change them. Yeah. No matter how much time has passed. Like, have you tried to change someone? I definitely have thought in my, my past, like, I've, not you. You you can make oh, you, you can't you, change me. You you can make little changes about like putting the keys back or whatever, yeah. but like who you are fundamentally as a person is not going to change. Mm. Like so, I can stop this man from cheating, or I can stop. I can make this woman uh, right. I thought you were talking about yourself at first. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you can like do that. And I can make this they, woman uh, fall in love with football or something. Yeah, and even if they sh- have shown you signs that they have the potential to make those changes, like ultimately like they're not going to do it with you they're just hiding it yeah they're probably just cheating behind your back like that's 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 just the reality they're, they're just getting better at being like okay she hates this habit i'm just gonna hide that i'm i'm gonna hide from her that i'm a gambler i'm gonna hide from her that i'm a smoker mm. but i still i'm still smoking i'm just not doing it at the house i'm doing it in my car i'm doing it at my job in the yeah. alley but I, I still smoke even though she says she don't want to be with a smoker so like even habits you, th- you think like you can't really change people's habits like big habits smoking is a big one though i think big habits that are sort of like a part of the person's like fundamental Mm. makeup i think is hard i think if i have anxiety and a way that i and one thing that exacerbates my anxiety is coffee you can help me not drink as much coffee coffee or coffee or, drinking habit is different than smoking habit, right? Right. But I will, I think me personally, I will always be a, a, a fairly anxious person. Yeah. Like or big, big drinking. Like, oh, right. I'm a big drinker. Oh, if he dates me, maybe he'll become less of a big drinker. Like, no, right. you can't break that habit. Yeah. Because if he's done, I mean, like, well, it just also depends on the, the habit is there because something else is there. Mm. So it's like, What's really there is the depression. So maybe you can stop the drinking a little bit, but until we like attack some of the like key fundamental things, like somebody could still go to therapy and still have depression. So if it's like, it's if it's the depression that is making it where you're like, I can't be with somebody who has depression. I'm going to try to just help this man not be depressed. Like I'm saying those are the times where it's like, you can only do so much. I've never really understood that idea where people wants to change something about somebody because that person got you with them not changing. So what right. makes you think they're going to change? Because they already bagged you and they didn't have to change. You right. know what I mean? Like if you met this guy, he's like, I've never been married. I don't want to be married. I'm pretty noncommittal, but we can go out on dates and stuff. Yeah. And then you look up six years later and y'all are still going out on dates and stuff, but y'all haven't made any like lifestyle changes together. She's like, also young. She's 30 and like she can yeah. still meet somebody. It sounds like Hell she does yeah. want to be with someone in a monogamous manner. Yeah. But she's catching feelings for this person. So it's hard to. Yeah. We can't live in the scarcity mindset of like, but I've spent six years with him. Like, who else is going to want me? Who else is out there? There are tons of people out there. Like, I, I think this is a relationship worth giving up, especially since like you're saying, like, you know, we're still seeing each other. You You specifically said in your letter here, I probably misread it. But you specifically said at one point, we're still seeing each other and I had developed feelings. Yeah. So if Ben and I are seeing each other and I have developed feelings, like, I might uh, be a little bit delusional about like, oh, well, we love each other. We're, we're, yeah. we're together. It's we're in it and we're not. Like, ask, I have feelings ask, for you. Ask what your friends think about that. Also, I am totally ageist. I, I'm going to say this. But is it ever okay for a 50-year-old to date a 24-year-old? 
I mean, that's that, another. I mean, they're both over. Is is it weird and cringy? Sure, but like, I mean, at some point, she's an adult. He's an adult. Are twenty four year olds adults? I don't know. I mean, yeah, they can. I guess we as a society give them privileges, but they can't rent a car. You got you yeah, to be twenty five. I know, like immature forty year olds. Like, yeah. So it just depends. Um, I just really want to quickly get into our second letter. You want to? Yeah, yeah. Letter number two. Dear Amber and Ben, first of all, give me your hand, baby. First of all, I absolutely love your podcast, Instagram, all that jazz. The way you're so open and vulnerable with each other is wonderful and so healing. My issue... Now I let go of me. My issue with my partner. We've been together for seven years and recently tied the knot. We love each other dearly, but there has been a shift in the physical part of the relationship in the past two years. Our sex life has gone from little to practically none. And when I try to talk to them about it, they swear it's nothing to do with me. They're just not feeling it right now. This has absolutely destroyed how I view my body, our relationship, and has ruined my trust in him. I feel stuck. I've started resenting him, which sucks because we should be in the honeymoon phase of the marriage. Any advice on how I should let him know that our marriage is in danger? Molly, you in danger, girl. I think that's always a good starting point is to be like, hey, our marriage is in danger for these reasons. Yep. You need to, we need someone to help us out with this. I think that's like totally fine. (laughs) You know, these conversations are never easy. I know the words like actually script out really hard conversations, write out like a, a sentence starter for you. Yeah. Like literally be like, I need, I we need to go to a therapist and I want to talk about our sex, sex life because it's ruining with me in the following ways. Can I say something? I want to be completely honest about like marriage and sex lives for a second, because I think, like you know we're a married couple I think the notion everybody thinks if you're married you feel like every other married couple is having like way more sex than you are and I think it just comes in like seasons sometimes like Mm -hmm. there have definitely been seasons of our relationship where we weren't sleeping together for like you know I don't know what what do you think is like the longest we've gone without sleeping with each other maybe a month I, I would say maybe like two two months I would, I would say we've probably gone like two months and then there are days where I'm like two, three, four times a day. Let's, let's, yeah. How about let's get it? So I think it just depends on what season of day. your life. Two a day. Two. Two a day. Are you, okay, what, what are we three, counting? Not are three, we counting? Three, four times a day? I don't know if we've done that in a while. Yeah, we've definitely like, got a couple Are we counting orgasms or are we counting, okay. What what counts as sex? Just like Finishing a sexual, no, sexual moment. So it's like sex in the morning, sex in the evening. Yeah. Or like sex in the morning, sex in the afternoon. I think we've done sex in the morning, sex in the afternoon, sex in the evening a couple of times. Right. So I just want to like every other couple around you is not like having sex every single day. Most aren't. You feel that some people think that more married couples have more sex than them? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you go out with a friend at dinner or something, you're probably assuming like, man, they probably be fucking all the time. Like we ain't even fucked since Monday. Like- that's that's sometimes that, like the thought. Yeah, that's sort of just the life in general. Like when you hang around people. Like yeah, yeah. You like think look that at them. Person, they're traveling. We haven't traveled in forever. Yeah, you yeah, haven't yeah. traveled. Or this person makes more money. Look than at them. Me. They take their kid to baseball. We yeah, haven't taken. What, like, this, you do that with everything. So naturally, with sex, it can feel like that. Um, but I definitely think, you know, married married life has this way of like exacerbating, like 
all of the other problems that you had before, but they just are on a larger stage because it's like, I'm married now, so I ain't got to put on no more. So what this person is saying is like our sex life has gone from a little to practically none. Mm. So that means the sex life was already at a little and now yeah. it's completely gone. And I think you need to have an honest conversation with your partner about like, like we've definitely had conversations where I'm like, hey, I like sending you nudes and Ben's like, they make me uncomfortable. So I'm like, you know what? I cannot send you nudes, like mm-hmm. whatever. But I need you, I told Ben the other day, like going back to the last episode, I was like, I need you to just acknowledge that I look good in this nude. Yes. Because what I'm hearing when you say, I don't want you to send me nudes is I'm hearing like- I don't want you. This is gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this Which is, is not what like, I'm I don't want to see this. I just don't want to see a nude when I'm in a public area. Right. So I told him to start even saying like, okay, well, can I show you what I would have sent you today and you can tell me like how good I look here? Like, cause that yeah. makes me still feel like- it's like, oh, yes. Sexy or perky, whatever. That's a very perky breast. Like, yes. Thank you. Me? N- nibbled. Nibbled. My breast. Nibbable. Nibbleable. Great. Um, But I think, I think we just have to like, in, in the way that we have to keep having com- honest conversations about grief, we have to do this with sex. Yeah. I like, I am very direct with you when I'm like, Ben- you was talking all that shit online, but you, yeah, like it's been a couple days. Like, what, Let's what have we doing? Sex. Yeah. Like, like I feel right, like I've I'm, told you, we'll I like, wake up and be like, we're having sex tonight. Yeah, right? I was like, I'd like to have sex with you. I was like, hey, or like sometimes just in the middle of the day while we'll get a nap in, I'm like, and I'll like Amber will be like on a phone call <laughs> and I'll be like taking off my pants. As she's trying to get like, a girl, phone you call. know what, girl? I a meeting just came up. I gotta go. I yeah. was like, yeah. Like sometimes we just like to be spontaneous, but. All right, this person, it really sounds like you do need a third party. Right. Like someone to help you through this. Like someone, maybe yeah. even reading a book together about sexuality. But because it starts it sounds with like the it's com- the other person. Because yeah. you just said like, like they swear it has nothing to do with me. They're just not feeling it right now. And you are internalizing. What does like, that mean? I'm not feeling it right now. You're not, you haven't been feeling it I at mean, all I feel for like, the past year. I feel like maybe this person is like not confident on how they perform in the bedroom. Maybe something happened in the bedroom that mm. they just never told you about. So maybe you can start the conversation. Like again, I, I definitely know how it feels. Like I've told Ben, I felt like that before. I'm like, dang, we haven't had sex in a while. Like, is there something that you're not feeling with my body? And then Ben will share like, honestly, I've been sick. I'm just not into it yeah. right now. And so I think I bet if you ask this person and like really intentionally listen to them, they will probably tell you something like, honestly, when we had sex six months ago, like this thing was said in the bedroom and I kind of just haven't gotten over it yet. Like it might be something like that. You're talking about details where saying a phrase like I'm not feeling it doesn't give you any Any useful information. And there are times where Amber's like, yeah, like, and what do you mean by feel? Like, are you talking about emotion? Are you talking about just like any sexual, you've not been feeling any sexual desire at all. And so this idea of clarification is something that we've actually been reading about in our book. So we can actually switch to that. So clarification. Great segue. The last segment of our show is called Shelfie. Put the books up. <laughs> All right. We're reading You're Not Listening. And um, this week we really just got into improvisational listening, which is, you know, uh, I-, I loved this chapter because it it's it's the uh, 
it's the dynamic and the duality of like, are we listening like an improv scene to add on and collaborate or are you trying to steal the scene? And I feel like I was I, I read a part where I was like, oh, I've seen Ben do this because what you try to do is like I if, if I'm not getting attention, I'm going to say a topic that sucks the air out of the entire room. Yeah. You and know, like this book, if you read this book with a partner, there are moments in this book where you'll just like lean over to your partner and be like, this is you. This, this is, is you. This is what you do this all the time. You. This is why you're a terrible listener. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But that you will read this book and it will give you so much ammo to understand why your partner is a piece of shit and why their partner is a toast. Ben. A piece of toast. We're working on that with, with, with Oh, yeah. With piece of toast. You are uh, a piece of Amber. Pizza. Amber pointed out to me that part of the reason that I might say something outrageous is because I'm feeling insecure about not receiving the right amount of attention. So I have learned that I think she told me, she's like, I want you to repeat after me, Ben, you. And I said, or I, I am an attention grabbing little bitch. I think I said whore. Yeah. Whore. I you can kind of be an attention whore, but now I have the rhetoric to explain what you're doing when you're trying to be like, well, let me tell this quick joke about, I'm like, Ben, you're like, what do you want me to say now? I'd be like, you can tell your joke, but are you telling this joke because it's actually adding to the improv scene that, that we're all having right now of laughing and carrying on? Or are you trying to be an attention whore right now? I'm trying to be a soloist and just yeah. Write, you're, this do is the monologue own. now. This is not a, anything that anybody can add on to. Right. Whereas, like, I love a banter that's like like a tennis ball. You hit one a joke, I hit one joke. You hit one joke, I hit one joke, and then you're kind of like, well, no, let me bring out like a baseball bat and just knock it. And you're like, but I thought we were playing a game. Like, wow. well, yeah, it's not even. Yeah, the idea of catch compared to hitting a ball right catch goes back and forth right. where if you hit a ball the ball's out of the park you can't do anything more it sort of just destroys it like what comes after a grand slam and what amber's trying to say is that i'm the grand slam when i walk into a conversation and it's really hard for other people to follow after i speak and I get it because it's After hard. You suck the air out when, of the room and when, kill listen, the vibes. When I'm yes, the Sammy Sosa, when I'm the Sammy Sosa of a situation, it's hard to follow. You know. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Fly on the Wallen. We've enjoyed y'all, and we coming back to you next week. Bye, everybody. How about that? How, how about, about that? I? Suck, how about I suck the whole conversation? How about that? <laughs> Love you. Love you. Oh, that was fun. You know they're from TikTok, cause those laughs keep you coming, cause they're wildin' all the time. Before Wild throws a tantrum, listen to our silly anthem, cause they're wildin' all the time. Don't swap why Amber squats, and does a dance to please her plants, and Ben reads books while serving looks, Wild is wildin' all the time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.